This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. All right. Well, uh, welcome everyone to the uh, Client Mastermind session today. Uh, joining me is uh, Scott Spatolnik uh, here at Enrollment Resources. And uh, between Scott and I, we have uh, many decades of work in admissions and admissions consulting. We're going to try to take you through the top 10 responsibilities of a DOA uh, today, uh, which is a topic that uh, seems to come up quite a bit with us and get a lot of good feedback. Uh, and we really want to share some best practices and some things for you today on how to be a more effective manager of your people uh, and your admissions department as a whole to grow your uh, enrollments. Uh, so uh, what we will uh, jump into today is really we'll start with the role of a manager. And really the role of a sales manager is, is not to grow their sales, but to grow their people. Uh, and really a sales manager has three key roles, and Scott will let you jump in on a few of these after I mention them. But number one is being a, a, a manager of the people and you know, to recruit, build, coach your team, uh, to be a resource provider, which is giving your team the needed resources to, to exceed their goals. Uh, and that could be anything from headsets to calculators to pencils, uh, but to texting systems, uh, predictive dialers, video chat, video email, all of the technology needed to be successful as well as those basic resources. Uh, and then also be a business manager, someone who can plan uh, and budget and then adjust those plans and, uh, and report up the chain uh, as to what they're doing. So uh, those are really kind of the three key roles. Scott, any, any feedback on, on any of those or what you feel might be more important? Yeah, well, particularly the people manager because, you know, sales manager, director of admissions, um, yes, managing your team like any other sports team, if anybody has coached their kids' soccer teams or baseball teams or whatever, you have the people in place, you build the team, but then it really, really is constantly coaching. Um, and I know you've got some uh, shocking numbers that we'll get to, Tom, but it's really amazing how little time is spent on continually coaching, continually monitoring our people to make sure that they're really the best that they can be, and also to make sure that they're not uh, shortcutting the process. And as we all know, there's a process in admissions, uh, and once you start shortcutting those processes, uh, that's when we run into trouble. Uh, that's when we have problems. We really, really do. Uh, I agree, resource provider. Uh, I challenge everybody out there, uh, particularly uh, you know, directors of admissions, and collect, see, inspect what your reps are sending out through email, handouts, and I think you'll be amazed at the uh, uh, different pieces that each one of your team members is sending out. So I think it's imperative that those things are standardized, not only from um, uh, a marketing standpoint, you want to shed a good light on the school with the materials that are going out, but also from a compliance standpoint. Uh, again, I think it will amaze you on some of the things that are going out without you really knowing it. So I really challenge everybody to collect um, whatever a rep is sending out or handing out 
and standardize that after you're running it through your compliance office. Make sense? Yeah, all good points. Yeah, uh, good stuff. And Scott, you, you touched base on uh, some statistics about management, so that's, that's something we'll just dive into right now. There's a couple of really key striking stats that uh, that I found out there on, on managing people on, in a sales environment, and we find that about 82% of managers don't have time to train their people. Uh, and I think, Scott, you're alluding to this a little bit, but I mean, really, you know, a lot of managers are so caught up in things uh, that they, they just don't work to train their people. They're so busy with the numbers and the reports and all the admin work that they have to do. In fact, 23% of managers' time is actually spent on admin activities, and 32% of the manager's time is actually is spent just at, on desk-based activities. So anywhere from a quarter to a third of a manager's time is going to be at their desk and mostly working on admin on admin stuff, and only 14% of manager's time is actually is spent directly with those reps or, or with the customers. Uh, it's a really small amount of time. So we want to make sure that I think today one of the gists of this is, and Scott mentioned it as well, uh, that we get out and manage our team uh, and work to coach our team. We're going to we're going to jump into that. Uh, next, so the the purpose of today is really to go through ten ten key uh, roles uh, of an admissions DOA, uh, and I'm just going to run down these, uh, and then we'll jump into them. But number one, knowing your KPIs, knowing your numbers, and we'll talk about that. Uh, number two, ensuring that you have a sales structure and a process in place that your people can follow. You've got a roadmap for them. Having a starts and enrollment plan, knowing where you want to go. Uh, number four, having a weekly rep report that ensures your reps know their numbers and that you're gathering numbers weekly. And then five, having a report summary that takes all of those weekly numbers and tracks the KPIs for all reps as, a, as individuals and a group so that you can plan for training and coaching opportunities. Uh, number six, we're, we want you to be able to have a starts planning and adjustment tool. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what that is, but we want you to be able to adjust your activity level to meet your start goals uh, or exceed your start goals, hopefully. And we'll talk about how to uh, implement something like that. Uh, the seventh uh, key here is to make sure you're using scripts and A-B test them. So we'll talk a little bit about those scripts and what A-B testing is. Uh, and here in Enrollment Resources, that's a, a big hallmark of what we do when it comes to conversion rate optimization. So A-B and split testing is, is a key in any area of admissions or marketing. Uh, the eighth one, holding some daily and weekly sales meetings. Uh, and we'll talk about how uh, those uh, get implemented and what to do during those meetings. Number nine, being a coach. So actually coaching your team, this is not having a meeting, this is the coaching part. So daily, weekly, what are some of the reviews and improvement plans you put together and how do you, how do you coach your team? Uh, and then the last thing here is how to audit your team. So now that we've got all of these things in place and we can coach our team and they're hopefully following our processes and scripts and they're doing everything or looking at their KPIs or training them, how do we know that they're actually doing what we, what we put in place? So auditing your team, some mystery shops and some post-tour surveys, 
Uh, just a few things out there that, that you can do to make sure your team is on the ball. So those are our 10 things. And we're really going to jump into uh, the KPIs right now. The first thing that you really need to know is you've got to know your numbers. Um, and, Scott, I'll let you chime in on this in a minute. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, Tom, real quick. And I know we, we deal with a lot of different schools. We talk to a lot of different people. And, you know, I have found a majority of the people that I speak with, they don't know their key performance indicators, their KPIs. And that's really key the, to the whole thing and how to manage your people, how to manage your department, is knowing your KPIs. So, again, if uh, anybody out there does not know their KPIs, um, you know, I would really strongly suggest that you get to know them. And they're not that difficult to uh, compile as well. Um, you agree, Tom? I know a lot of the people you speak to also uh, really don't have a, a really good handle on the KPIs. No, that's ab absolutely true. If you can't put your finger on your, uh, your key numbers in a moment's notice as a, as a sales manager, uh, and you should have those things flashing and colors up on a screen all day long if you can. Uh, but you got to know those numbers. So, Scott, you're absolutely right. In fact, Scott, why don't you kind of take us through the six main uh, KPIs that uh, we really want to make sure admissions managers know. Absolutely, Tom. Um, yeah, you know, we, we really make admissions out to be a lot more difficult than it really is. I mean, these six metrics, these six pillars are key to uh, managing uh, your people as a team and managing them individually. Um, really, the first one is knowing your lead contact rate uh, as a group and individually. And the lead contact rate is, you know, if I give a rep 100 leads, uh, I want to know what percentage. Oops, Scott, you still there or something happened? Scott may have uh, may have gotten disconnected here, but he was talking about lead contact rate. So, what percentage of your inquiries do you actually make contact with? Scott, you back? Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Might be having some technical okay. difficulties with Scott. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, as I was saying, it, you know, we make admissions into uh, something a lot more difficult than it really, really is. So, you know, knowing the lead contact rate, first and foremost, if you give a rep a specific number of leads, let's say you give them 100 leads, um, it's key to know how many they actually contact uh, over the phone. I'm not talking about emailing or texting and them just sending it out, but how many do they actually speak to? Um you know, a good number as far as back. Oh, Scott, you still there? Yeah, I am. You're you're cutting in and out, Scott. Well, I'll take, maybe I'll take this one uh, and, and finish it up as. Uh, Scott gets tuned in here. Uh, so your lead contact rate, uh, number one. Number two, we want to know what the appointment set rate is. So what percentage of students that you're actually getting a hold of or making contact with do you actually set an appointment with? Uh, number three, uh, what's your appointment show rate? So of the people that you actually talk to, 
and set appointments with, how many of those people actually show up for their meeting or their tour? Uh, the fourth one is the application rate. So of the people that show up for a tour, how many of those people fill out an application? And then the fifth one uh, is your enrollment or packaging rate. Uh, so what percentage of those people who apply actually get packaged, complete their financial aid, and get accepted at your school? And then finally, the sixth one is your start rate. So what percentage of these enrolled students actually show up to class on day one? Uh, so those are your kind of your six pillars, your six key uh, KPIs to, to be watching. Three of those are most important to me, and one is the uh, appointment show rate. So what percentage of students or, or I'm sorry, inquiries that you receive actually show up for their appointment? Uh, what's the application rate, which is basically your closing rate? How many of the people that come in for a tour actually get closed um, and uh, fill out an application or start the application process? And then finally, start rate. How many of those people that start uh, or that uh, apply and get enrolled actually show up on, on day one for class? Uh, so those are our six KPIs that you should know as an admissions manager uh, day in and day out and have those at your fingertips at all times. Uh, I'm not sure if Scott's back or not yet. I'll keep going. Yeah, uh, I, think I'm, I yep. think I'm back, Tom. All right. Well, we'll jump into kind of the sales structure here, Scott. And uh, It's really key to have a process and a structure in place for your team uh, to follow, a roadmap for them to follow. You want to kind of comment on that and let let me know your thoughts? Yeah, well, particularly a point, you know, <laughs> all right, Scott, uh, you are right. having some significant uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, look, I am. Uh, so, hey, Scott, I'll, I'll kind of take you through here uh, real quick and and we'll keep moving as, as you work on that. Um, I want you to get your people, your processes right here. Uh, we find that it really helps uh, these days, I think, to separate your people and admissions a little bit. We're finding that appointment setters separate from admissions reps is a great, um, a great separator because not everybody is great on the phone or do they like the phone, and some people are really great face-to-face. Uh, -face. So we want to actually have those uh, people that are, that are good on the phone, willing to make those calls, willing to set appointments, able to kind of push through some of that rejection of making lots of calls and getting little response at times. Uh, it can be frustrating. Uh, I know, you know, personally, I love face-to-face. -face. I love to sell uh, to people, but I don't love to dial the phone. It's not my strength. It's not what I'm best at. I can do it. Um, but there are other people that are really great on the phone. Uh, so having appointment setters separate from admissions reps uh, can be key. Uh, and then also potentially having future student coordinators on the back end that can take those people that have uh, enrolled and help carry them all the way to the finish line and get them, get them to start. Uh, so those are some key ways to structure your department and then from the process standpoint, making sure that you've got an appointment setting process and script set. What's, you know, what's the process? When do they call, email, text, leave voicemails? How often do they call? When do they call? What's the cadence of all of that? And then having the scripts for that 
What's the appointment setting script? What do we say? How do we greet? How do we transition? How do we close? How do we set that appointment? Having your email scripted, your text scripted, and I know a lot of the feedback that I get sometimes when we talk about this with people is, oh, we don't want them to be robots. We want them to be themselves. You know what? I would like you to be yourself and not be worried about what you're going to say or how you're going to handle the call. Because if I give you the roadmap and you're practiced and good at it and I give you the exact right script with the right tone and verbiage in it to inspire people, you're going to be so much more confident and able to get through that call uh, a little bit better with a much better attitude, which will show up, you know, show up in the uh, appointment setting. As well as having a script for your interviews, a script for your tour, when you take people through your building, what's the path that they should follow? When should they stop? When should they take selfies? When should they see a signature moment or something they want to take a picture of? What should admissions say? What should uh, career services say? What should student services say? So I want to have everybody scripted. It's like Disney World. Everybody's got a job and a script when it comes to uh, this thing so that nothing is left to chance. We don't get noncompliance and we don't get off track, and everything leads to its logical conclusion of helping this student make an informed decision. And then also making sure that your follow-up plan and scripts are in place. Uh, the next thing uh, we'll touch base on is having a starts plan. So now we've got our people and our process set in place. We know what KPIs we're going to be watching. So simply, we need to put together a start plan. So this is our plan, our budget for the year. What's our growth target? And then for those growth targets, our, our targets that we want for enrollment, we kind of work backwards to set enrollment targets. So we know what we want for starts, and then we want to work backwards slightly to set how many enrollments we need so that now I have an enrollment target by start date, by program. So we want to make sure that those things are in place uh, for, our, for our team to work from. And I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive on my, on my uh, starts target. Uh, and I'm okay if I'm short, but I would rather exceed uh, my, uh, where I should be as opposed to set a little bit higher goals than to set really realistic goals that I could easily uh, achieve. From a financial standpoint, there could be a starts budget. But for admissions, I want to probably pump that up a little bit so I can try to exceed my numbers and over uh, over-enroll if, if need be. Uh, so at least I have a plan to work from. Uh, Scott, don't know if you've joined again or not. I, I'm here, but for how long, I don't know, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Uh, well, let me, uh, let me talk about weekly reports here, and then, then you can jump in on these weekly reports. So we, one of the things we want to look for is we want to track what our people are doing on a weekly basis. So in order to monitor our six KPIs, I need an easy tracking system and hopefully a CRM that I can pull this data out of. Uh, if not, a simple spreadsheet that an admissions rep can fill out, taking them about one minute every day at the end of the day of how many calls, texts, emails, how many people did they make contact with, how many leads, personally developed leads do they have uh, that they generated, uh, how many interviews, how many people enrolled, and really tracking that because I think even though that data might be in your CRM and easy to pull through, I think it's out of sight, out of mind for the reps. They aren't, you know, they're working throughout the day and that information is going in. But I think when they sit at the end of the day and have to put in all of their info for the day, 
that they kept track of, uh, which only, again, takes a few minutes to do, I think it really brings it front and center to them, and they hold themselves more accountable when they really see what they're doing. But then you're going to be able to aggregate that data as well uh, for the reps. Scott, any comments on kind of tracking that stuff daily? Yeah, and I, again, it's really important to track daily. And I, would, I used to go um, one step further, and we would give a goal to each one of the rep, uh, reps, uh, whether it's three appointments set, four appointments set for, you know, each day. And, you know, it's called winning the day. Um, but, you know, that way you don't have to worry about what's going to happen next week or the week after or for the start. If you could win that day every day, and I borrow that term from Bill Clary, if you could win the day uh, by setting the three appointments or four appointments, everything else is going to really fall into place. It really, really will. And, um, again, um, I would also, when you aggregate the information at the end of the week, every Friday, give a copy to the whole staff, uh, to the admission staff, with everybody's statistics on it. Reps are very, very competitive, and they are their worst uh, critic as well. But when you put it out there for everybody to see, um, again, it's a great way to uh, get a little bit of competition going and let people know what they need to do so for the following week. Yeah, great point. I, I love the fact that you want to be transparent and let everybody see what everybody's mm-hmm. doing. It does, uh, does get some competitive juices going. And I also like the fact, Scott, that you pointed out that you focus more on appointments and not as right. much on the end result of, hey, I need five enrollments today. As soon as you start focusing on enrollments or starts, then people have a tendency to lose track of why they're there to begin with and they start trying to just enroll anybody to, to hit numbers. So if you're focusing on appointments and you hit your appointment goals, most likely you're going to achieve your enrollment goals. Uh, but you're not putting that pressure on the rep to, hey, I need five enrollments this week, and they all of a sudden miraculously pull out five enrollments, um, of which two of them were horrible that they should never have enrolled. Right. So you put the emphasis on the right things there of let's get appointments, uh, we need so many points. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes as well. Uh, so, yeah, really good insight there. Uh, on yeah, Tom, just one, yeah, just one yeah. more addition. Um, I know a lot of schools that really, really put an emphasis on uh, you have to make 50 calls, you have to make 75 calls a day or 100 calls a day, and I never really understood that because, you know, so that turns the reps into what all they're worrying about is dialing, 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 and not – concentrating on setting the appointment, making the contacts. I know when I was running admissions departments, hey, I don't care if they made five calls or ten calls. If they were getting three or four appointments a day, then, uh, hey, whatever it took. And that would be old inquiries, new inquiries, referrals, or whatever. If the goal is to set three, four, or five appointments a day, then who cares how many phone calls they're making? Absolutely. Totally uh, 100% agree with that, uh, so it's really on the effort needed uh, in there. And, yeah, I'm not going to worry about how many phone calls. If you're able to produce, um, then I don't care how you got there necessarily. Uh, so, yeah, good, good points on that. So the next thing we'll talk about is having a starts planning and adjustment tool. So having a, having a tool, whether it be a spreadsheet or just a sheet of paper that you work from on a weekly basis, uh, I want to know 
how we're doing for each start that's upcoming. And maybe you look out 30, 60, 90 days, depending on how many starts you have in those, in those uh, time periods and what your cycles are. Uh, but I want to know where we stand for each start and what we need to achieve for each start. And uh, we can help you guys with the, an adjustment tool. But one of the things we want to look at is, you know, what's our start goal? How many applications do we need to get to hit that start goal? So we take our start goal, we divide that by our start rate. If our start rate is 90%, we take, and then we need 10 applications or 10 starts, then I divide 10 by, nine, by uh, 90% and I'll get what my total applications are needed. Then what I'll do is I'll subtract how many applications I already have from that application number, so I'll know how many apps I still need to get. And then I can look at, I can divide that number by my, uh, my, my closing rate, my application rate, to see how many interviews I need to set up. And I can divide that number into how many weeks are remaining to see exactly how many interviews a week I need to be setting or I need to have show up so that I can hit my goals. And then I'll break it down, as Scott mentioned, I want to know about appointments. So we'll actually take a look at, okay, we know we need, let's say, 10 interviews a week to hit our start goal. How many appointments do we need to get 10 interviews a week? If you have a 50% appointment show rate, then obviously you need 20 uh, appointments to be set. If you have a higher appointment show rate of 80%, then you, you need a lot less. Uh, so we want to make sure that we know, and I'm breaking it down by appointment, I want to know how many appointments I need a week to hit my start goal. That's really where it, what it boils down to. So my focus is primarily on appointment sets. That's where my focus lies, because if my people do everything correctly, we're going to enroll, we're going to start the people, and we're going to hit our, we're going to hit our numbers. But the, the most difficult thing, I think, in admissions is, Appointment setting. So, uh, having uh, you know, knowing what your appointment sets are a week. So, Scott, is that you uh, in and out there, or? No, I'm here. I think I'm staying okay. uh, pretty. Yeah, I think I'm pretty steady. All right. And, and just... Go ahead. Yep. And Scott's breaking up again. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll keep moving here as we uh, as we move through this. So the next thing we want to make sure we're doing is we want to ensure the use of scripts and A-B testing uh, of them. So I want my players to have a daily plan, and I want to train them daily uh, because, again, 82% of managers don't have time to coach or train their reps. So I want to have a script. I want to observe my people, and then I want to test and A-B split test those scripts to make sure that hey, if I can give them a better resource or a better tool to work from and make them more successful, then I'm going to do that. And hopefully they're, um, they're reps with a, with a great learning mindset and they're willing to want to learn and try some new things. And that's, uh, you know, going back to uh, one of the traits of a rock star admissions rep that uh, Greg Mikojohn and, and Shane had done many years ago, uh, a learning mindset was one of the key things uh, that we looked at from an admissions rep. So, I want to split test. I want to give them the best resources I can. That's why I'm giving them a script, and I'm scripting out their emails for them so that they're not using something of their own making that they think is great, but it really is inefficient or doesn't work. I want them to use the tools that I know will work, but I'm going to continually 
uh, try to work to improve those tools. Uh, so those are some of the things that we definitely want to uh, pull off as far as uh, the A, B, and split testing. So the next things we'll jump into here uh, as we uh, come, come down the last, uh, the last three things that we want admissions uh, DOAs to be able to do is, number this, this next one is just so important to me, but it's having a daily and or weekly meetings uh, with your team. Great teams don't just take the field and play. They practice daily. They watch film. They plan. They train. They lift. They work out. They dribble. They do whatever it is uh, to improve their technical and tactical skills. They do it daily. Why don't we do that in admissions? So I strongly advocate that we should have a daily meeting. Maybe that meeting's 20 minutes long. No longer than that. We don't want to meet ourselves to death. This is a 20-minute meeting. We review our numbers from the day before. We talk about some success stories of some of the people we enrolled the day before uh, and where they came from and what they want to do here and get excited. We want to maybe look at some of those areas that we use those rep reports to find out where our reps are struggling. We'll identify an area of focus, and maybe we'll role play on that for 10 minutes or, or so, 10 to 12 minutes of, of role playing daily. Now, that sounds like an awful lot to many people, but it's really not. I mean, if you're only spending 10 minutes a day role-playing and training uh, your, your people, that's insignificant. That's a, such a small number. But it'll add up over, over time, but you've got to do it because that's really where your people will start to hone in and be able to do things without having to think about them. It'll become second nature to do it right, and they won't have to think and uh, and uh, possibly go off the, you know, off the rails so much. And definitely, if you can't do a daily meeting, have a weekly meeting where we review numbers, we set some goals, what are, how many appointments do we need the following week to hit our revised numbers, and then how do we work with other departments to improve our, our process. So maybe we have some weekly meetings as well. Uh, if you can't do the daily, definitely have a weekly and definitely role play in either one of those meetings. Another strong reason for a daily meeting is everybody brings baggage to work. And people come to work with all kinds of personal troubles and trials and tribulations that they're dealing with. Um, maybe it's, you know, a family member who's ill, sick, or recently passed away. Maybe it's money troubles, car troubles, transportation troubles, child troubles, you know, friend troubles, whatever it might be. People bring baggage in. And when your job is to talk to prospects and talk to customers all day long and put on a, uh, a really great uh, face and be excited to want to work with them, you've got to change that mindset. So having a daily meeting every day for 10, 15, 20 minutes to get their mind right, get them thinking about what they have to do to be successful. What do we got to do today? Let's train. Let's role play. I'm not, I've now forgotten everything that came in. I've left it at the door. I'm now fully engaged in admissions. You know what? Give me the phone. Let me go. I'm ready to roll. Uh, yeah, so that's Tom, really having, what we do. Yep, I think I'm back with you. But, um, you know, yeah. having a daily meeting is crucial. And there's a resource that most schools have that is really, really underutilized. A lot of schools record their calls. You know, this call may be monitored for, you know, from call tracking, call monitoring, or whatever. And it's a great opportunity to take a few of those calls, good, bad, and different, 
and play them at uh, particularly the weekly meeting. You know, uh, three or four phone calls, uh, some that are good, some that maybe the appointment wasn't set, and let the reps critique each other on it. Hey, I do this, or you may have wanted to try that. So it's kind of uh, almost like a self-training as well with the whole group. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't stress, and that's what builds a team. It's this daily training. That's what, it's what builds repetition of the right things. It reinforces the right things. It builds that team, and it creates a learning environment. And the next thing we were going to touch base on here, number nine, was, uh, it was being a coach. And, Scott, you, you just ran right into it, is great coaches, they train their players daily, and they're effective at getting their people to perform at a, at a higher level. And the three areas that we, we do talk about when it comes to coaching is I want to improve people's technical skills. And this is, I don't care if it's sales, soccer, football, tiddlywinks, whatever you may be training somebody on. The technical skills, how well can they do what's required? How, what is their skill set like? Have you improved, do you improve their skill set daily? Did you train them when they first came on board or did you just throw them to the wolves? Uh, did, uh, what are you doing daily to, to improve those people uh, on their technical skills, on how to do the job, or, or uh, you know, how, to, how well they do the job is what I should say. The tactical stuff is how to do the job. Do we make sure that they have a process in place for them to follow? Just like on a football field, you diagram plays, the sales process is you diagram the process. How often do you call? When do you dial? When do you leave a message? What's that message? You have to give them uh, the plays needed to be successful uh, that you know will work. Uh, and then the last part is the mental and physical aspect of the game that we have to train them on. And for admissions and salespeople, it's how do we encourage them? How do we motivate them? And then can they communicate with others and follow the process and do they want to learn? Uh, so, Scott, you, you touched on a couple of these things earlier, but, uh, you know, we want to yep. make sure we're improving their skill set daily, and we are coaching them on a process or giving them a playbook to follow. Yeah, and, and Tom, would you agree that not only the training, of course the training is important, but following, following up on the training, and I used to sit with my reps through presentations when a prospective student would come in, I sat in the corner, and I just observed and listened. So training is one thing, but it's also monitoring what they're doing with that training as well. And I know you probably sat through many presentations of your reps as well, Tom, you know, as a follow-up to that training. And I can't stress how important that is. And I, I don't know how many people are doing that. If you're not, well, maybe you should. Sometimes it's a little intimidating, or it may feel intimidating and you know to us to be in there with the reps and the students but you know what if you handle it right from the outset it works out fine yeah and that again man scott uh you know prescience of youtube to know exactly what we're talking talk about next uh because that's really auditing your team yeah. so this is really we want to coach our team daily we want to put the plays in the place, and we want to practice those plays, and then I also want them to work out and get stronger and fitter, you know, giving, again, the sports analogy. On the admissions and sales analogy is, again, I want them to have a process and scripts to follow so that they have the game plan, and then 
you know, as whereas an athlete needs to increase size and speed and uh, all of that, the sales, the sales and admissions person, they need to increase their ability to communicate. They need to be able to role play and train on the greetings, the closings, the transitions, uh, all of those things so that it becomes second nature. Uh, and that's really what coaching people is, is to, be, to help the actions that, are, that make you successful become second nature so that you don't have to think about them. And the coach, part of the coaching, as Scott mentioned, is observing your people. So the last tool that we're going to talk about is really auditing your team. And there are many ways to do this, and Scott mentioned one, and that's observations of your people. Uh, are you sitting in and observing them? Do you, watch, do you walk them or walk with them when they're doing a tour? Do you sit in when they're doing an interview? Do you listen in while they're on the phone? Are you observing and auditing and inspecting what you expect of your, of your team? Other types of uh, things that you can do are, are mystery shops. Um, Scott, you want to talk a little bit about mystery shops and what the benefits are of, of mystery shopping? Yeah, you know, one of the first things that I do before I even speak to a school that uh, is a potential client of ours, I mystery shop their school. I go to their website. I fill the opt-in form out, and I want to know how long it takes for the school to get back to me, whether, uh, well, particularly a phone call. And it amazes me. In some cases, it's several hours. some cases, it's a day or two. And in some cases, it's, it's uh, within minutes. So, again, that's critical. You know, getting back to the prospective student uh, as quick as possible is just critical on whether you have a good shot to set the appointment. So I mystery shop my own school when I was running schools. And I also had my reps, it may sound off the wall, but I also had each and every rep mystery shop the competition. I wanted to know how my competition was selling against me. I wanted to know what they were selling. Uh, I would have a friend or my brother or whomever call my competition and act like a prospective student. And so I, I, and, and I used to have them say, well, I'm thinking about going to ABC school because I wanted to know how they were selling against me as well. So I know that goes a little bit beyond the bounds, but I think that's an important part of the puzzle also is knowing what your competition is saying, against, uh, saying about you and how they are selling against you as well. So does that make sense, Tom? I, I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure you probably did that, but yeah. That's a good, it's a good point. Uh, so, yeah, we want a mystery shop, and, have, and it's really having a third party do that, do that. You can do your own, and you should do your own mystery shopping uh, of people, and then also having a third party do it. Uh, it's something that we do here in Enrollment Resources for, uh, for clients. Uh, we can mystery shop uh, for them, and it gives them some great insight as to how their team is doing and are they really following the process. Um, other ways to do it would be a post-tour survey, uh, something we do in our virtual advisor product here. Uh, it's one of the tools in that toolkit is a, a post-tour survey. As soon as somebody leaves your um, facility uh, after an appointment, whether they enrolled or didn't enroll, we want to survey that prospect. We want to know how did things go? You know, was the rep on time? Did the rep discuss and ask enough questions to them? Did they feel comfortable um, that they understood you know, the, the ins and outs of the program? Did the rep promise them graduation uh, employment? Did the rep promise them they were a certain salary that they would make? Just little things that could get us into some compliance trouble. Uh, but just were they on time? Were they friendly? 
did they, you know, did you feel that they gave you enough information and they set some correct expectations? And did they feel welcome when they first came through that front door? That director of first critical. Uh, director of first impression, the reception desk, that's an integral part on the in, in the admissions process. I'd even go so far as to ask them, you know, was the part was it easy to find? How was the drive? Uh, was the you know did you find it easy to park and walk in the front door? Was it easy? You know, was it easy to find? Was there? Did it look like a clean and inviting environment to walk yep. into? Even those things can give you some great insight that oh man, our parking is terrible. They can't right. find the front door, and there's litter all over the place before they even walk in the door. Uh, so. Yep. I think some of those things can can really pay off and help uh, as well uh, on those poster shirts. So those are good, great points. And then the last thing would be uh, potentially to, to survey them during you know a new start survey is one of the things that we talk about uh, as well with our clients is surveying them in their first two weeks, not only to find out you know if there's any potential red flags that could impair them from graduating and being successful, like you know, how's the drive been. How's the transportation issues? How's the instructors? Uh, how's the materials, the learning materials, the classroom setup? Uh, have you made any friends? All those can be great red flag tools to really find out that, oh, I could potentially have a drop coming because they're already off to a rocky start. But other things you can find out was, did the admissions ref set the right expectations? Is this what you thought it was going to be from your admissions rep? And if not, it gives us another great opportunity to do some training, but that training only comes after we adjust the plan and the process to include making sure that we've dealt with all of those eventualities, and then we go ahead and we train on our uh, updated plan. That's right. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of schools do it, a lot don't, but even having the director of admissions, the senior rep or whatever, doing a, uh, an interview with a student who just enrolled before they walk out the door. Hey, I just want to get to meet you. Uh, this will only take five minutes. And did Tom talk to you about career services? Did Tom talk to you about financial aid? Did Tom talk to you about uh, homework or whatever? You know, you can have a list of seven or eight questions to do kind of a uh, – uh, not a second cell, but uh, uh, an enrollment interview or post-enrollment interview or whatever. And that's really, really effective to knowing, to finding out what the people are saying, but also to uh, gauge the temperature of that prospective student or that prospective start, you know, as well. And that could also help identify some red flags, asking about daycare, transportation, and things like that, just to, uh, you know, get that student a little more locked in. Yeah, very good, very good stuff. Um, so that really sums it up uh, for us today, uh, taking you through those nine things that we, or ten things really, that we think admissions DOAs need to be doing. Uh, and just to kind of summarize, number one, know your numbers, know, where, know what you're supposed to be hitting, what are your best practices. Number two, having a great sales structure and process in place for your team to run on. Number three, having a start and enrollment plan so you know what your numbers that you need to hit for enrollments are by start. Number four, having your reps reporting daily so that you can see exactly and hold them accountable, make sure the numbers are in front of them, 
and then adding those things up weekly to make sure that they're hitting their numbers uh, or that you're able to look at their numbers and see where they may have fallen down. And then number five, summarizing those things on an ongoing basis so that you can see where, what areas of weakness uh, your, your reps may have uh, and where opportunities for coaching and training may come in. Number six was using a starts plan and adjustment tool to take that enrollment plan you had earlier and see what you need to do to adjust to exceed those numbers each start moving forward. Uh, and we wanted seven, ensure that we're using a script and A-B testing it, constantly innovating and trying to improve the tools that we've given our reps. Number eight, holding a daily meeting uh, to help create that mindset of being ready to go each day and definitely weekly meetings uh, that can be used for training and try to role play as much as possible. Nine, being a coach. Coach your people daily. Get out of your office. Don't be the 13% that uh, you know, only can, you know, 13% of people that actually work on training their people. Spend 80% of your time training your, and coaching your team uh, and stop doing all the administrative tasks. As soon as you can get out of that administrative task role and work on people development, that's when your admissions will explode. And I mean you will explode. It will double your enrollments in a short period of time. And then 10, uh, audit that team. Inspect what you expect and understand where your team is uh, on numbers. And also, are they following your processes that you put in place? Because uh, those are the people we want to have. So, uh, so that's it for us, Scott. Any, uh, any last comments, anything to, to kind of sum up what we've done? No, nope, Tom, you said it all. And that was a great summary. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Awesome. Uh, well, appreciate you listening uh, and tuning in here uh, to our, uh, our webinar. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to uh, either Scott or myself or anyone here at Enrollment Resources. You can find us at enrollmentresources.com. And uh, phone number 250-391-9494. We'll be more than happy to uh, see if we can help you and your DOAs and management implement some of these uh, processes for yourself. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, innovations in enrollment management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com.